0: Let's kick off this episode by talking a little bit about our friends at Lumi Labs, the creators of a whole slew of delicious gummies filled to the brim with D9THC. If you're a long-time listener, you know we've got a pretty marijuana-friendly show here. Scott has his uses for Lumi's gummies, and I have mine. Scott likes to take a few at a time and really feel the effect. I, on the other hand, take a Lumi gummy before bed, and it sends me off to dreamland like a little baby swaddled in his favorite blanket. Lumi gummies have really helped me through my frequent bouts of insomnia, and I highly recommend it as a comforting sleep aid. Then, of course, there's another way to enjoy these gummies, and that's by microdosing. This is Lumi Lab's preferred method of use, by the way. If you're not familiar with the term, microdosing is when you take a little bit at a time throughout the day to maintain an even chill. You're not getting high, you're just keeping yourself at a constant level of relaxation. So pick your poison. You can order the Lumis and enjoy them any way you see fit. And guess what? You can order them online right now and have them delivered right to your front door, no matter what your state's draconian marijuana laws might be. Thank you, D9THC. To learn more about microdosing, go to microdose.com. And if you like what you see, you can use the code KINGCAST to save 30% off your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's microdose.com, code KINGCAST. And, you know, we got to give our corporate overlords over at Fangoria a little love before we start the show. Fangoria has been at it for over 40 years and is better than ever. This gorgeous magazine is highly collectible and is delivered right to your front door four times a year. Each issue filled to the brim with articles exploring every nook and cranny of genre filmmaking past, present and future with all the most exciting journalists, filmmakers and horror know-it-alls to guide the way, including, from time to time, your intrepid KingCast hosts. This high-quality writing will only ever appear within the physical pages of the magazine, so if you want to join in on the fun, and you damn well should, why not head over to Fangoria.com and sign up for a yearly subscription? And if you use the code KINGCAST at checkout when you do that, you will save a whopping, astronomical, gargantuan, massive 25% off of your subscription. That's like getting a whole issue of the magazine for free, babies. So as soon as this episode's over, go on and do that. But you know what? Enough is enough. Let's get on with that show, shall we?
1: My name is Stephen King.
2: The ice is gonna break! Bad
1: Bedrock! Bedrock! <laughs> you guys wanna go see a dead body?
2: Well, sometimes, death is better. Hello and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name's Scott Wampler.
0: And I'm Eric Vespey.
2: And we are your hosts. Our guest this week is a frequent and preferred KingCast guest, one of our very (laughs) favorite people, and the only person we could possibly pair with the movie we have come here to discuss today. An enormously talented digital strategist, writer, and podcaster. She recently launched a new show by the name of Tangent Island, which brings together some of your favorite pop culture commentators and colorful personalities to discuss a variety of topics in a caring, nurturing, and judgment-free environment. Today, she's here to discuss one of the most, uh, well, let's say questionable Stephen King adaptations, 2009's Dolan's Cadillac. You know her. You love her. Please welcome back to the KingCast stage, Miss Winter Mitchell. Winter, how are you doing
3: today? Yay! I'm so happy. You know I love this. I love yeah. being here with you guys. I love you guys we so lo- much. This is like my favorite you. thing. Yeah, I love yeah, being yeah. here. You are,
2: you are an all-timer guest. And I was excited when I was like, hey, let's get you back on the show to promote your new show. And you were like, yeah, what do you want to do? And uh, I was like, Dolan's Cadillac. And you were like, sure, fine. And uh, I feel like I kind of tricked you into this. You tricked me every
3: fucking time. You tricked me. I, I realized this. I realized this as I, I, I start, as <laughs> first as we were looking for the movie. The movie is deeply hard to find, yes. and you can find most pieces of shit anywhere. Mm-hmm. But right. Not this movie. And I also want to add that this movie is very inexpensive for you for YouTube movies. It's, yes, it's not even like the base dollar.
2: Yeah, you might be able to get a Groupon for it. I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> <it's-> <laughs> It's like fucking we, uh, we, 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 Eric and I went through the same thing where we were gonna do a thing, honestly, where Eric and I, I gotta back it up even further. We recorded an episode on Dolan's Cadillac like two years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. And for a variety of reasons, we decided not to air it. I think, right, largely because of audio issues, but, yes. um, yeah. not a particularly, you know, explosive episode but we've been kind of sitting on this powder keg ever since <laughs> and uh and uh so like 2 years goes by and then you know I I tricked you into into watching this and then <laughs> Vespi and I were talking a few days ago and I was like are you going to are you going to rewatch it and he was like fuck that I'm not rewatching this and I was like oh yeah. wow
0: I, Which- I, yeah yeah, well, but just say something for me, because I'm usually the one that's like, I'm gonna really make sure that I'm studying up on stuff and get get near you know, you know, approach this where like I wanted to have it fresh in my mind. Uh this this movie hurt me and I don't I didn't want to subject. Right. To-
2: <laughs> and, and so we were we were gonna do a whole bit here where neither of us rewatched it and just got into the conversation with you and to to see how far we could get into it. Before it was revealed that we had not seen this. We had only seen this once and it was two years ago and we had no memory of it. But then I got to feeling a little guilty about it and I was like, all right, well, I don't honestly remember any part of the conversation of that episode we recorded. And I really don't remember anything about the movie. And I I just I got cold feet about the whole thing. So I ended up rewatching it. Um, you are right. It is very hard to find. You can rent it via YouTube for two dollars, which is eventually what what I did. Two dollars.
0: Um, I, I found I've and, and I texted Scott and I was just like, "Hey, I think there's a an actual rip on YouTube, you know, that you could watch for free without having loaded loaded it up." Because I'm like, I'm not again. Maybe I should watch it. I got last night, and, and I was like, "Nope, I'm not not going to do that." I watched something else for something else we were recording, and I'm like, "Okay, that's." You know, fuck that. I'm done. You know, uh, I, I don't need to watch it. And then today, this morning, I was up a little earlier than I expected to be. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll I'll run it. But I woke up to text from Scott going, uh, that's this isn't Russian.
2: <laughs> yeah. And
0: and, uh, and that which the, might the have rib- helped. And the yeah. rip that's on YouTube is, is the Russian overdub version of yep. Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Vladimir so I, Putin. I watched about 20 or 30 <laughs> minutes of, uh, of that just to kind of refresh myself on. And I, let me tell you, I think it's better in Russian, but it's, uh, but even then, like that movie was pissing me off. So I was like, uh, I, I need to stop this before I just get too angry to record. Well,
2: we're going to beat this up like a pinata um, very shortly, <laughs> but before we get yeah. there, I want to talk to you Winter about your new show tangent island you are oh. again you are one of our favorite guests you are you are clearly you. very chatty you are good at uh, <laughs> guiding a conversation you are uh possessed of of, of good ideas and thoughts and and commentary oh. um Thanks, what uh, what are you doing over there and uh, please pitch the show to our audience we want all of them to tune in
3: I I, I think what I'm trying to do is... I'm trying to just have conversations, man. I, I feel right. like one of the things that I have noticed outside of like a structured show, right, like I was doing, which was mm-hmm. a fully focused on pop culture from the perspective of Gen X, is that, you know... My tastes in pop culture have changed. My views have changed. What if I just come out here and be like, "I've firmly moved alt right." Um, no, I my <laughs> views. No, like my perspective. Where the money is, changed. baby. Where the money is, baby. Um, no, I've evolved just since we started our last show, and I think the evolution has led me to really have a deeper understanding of like my purpose here and I don't think Mm -hmm. my purpose is to tell anybody how to live their life or my purpose here is to, you know, really shine a light on, on trauma or anything. But I think my perspective and my viewpoint kind of has weight because I've been through a lot of shit and I want to have a fun light conversation about things that are, you know, just generally topical and generally in the conversation and in the zeitgeist without really like, making it super aggressively, I don't know, like soliciting to entertainment, right? So a lot of the conversations right. are rooted in entertainment and rooted in pop culture, but it's really like, you know, my perspective in POV of how things were evolving and whether it's right or wrong, this is where things are going. And I called mm-hmm. it Tangent Island because my buddies for years said winter starts on one topic. She goes all <laughs> the way to, to like another freaking Timbuktu, another nation, to, and then cut, but she'll find a way to drop back in. And that's sort of what the conversations are like. They're designed to be fun, insightful. They're poignant. It's just, you know, when I think about the people that I love listening to growing up, you know, DJs Stern, whomever. You know, you get to know these people, and I think people on my last show got to know a lot about me. And I'm just sort of pulling the a layer back to have a deeper conversation with the audience and my buddies, like you and you and Phil, are on this week's episode. I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll have been a couple weeks ago. But I was thrilled to have you both there
2: just to talk. That about was a here. wild ass experience, man. I know, like, Phil, I know. Phil and I talked about it afterwards because. And this is what I love about this show. I haven't I haven't heard any other episodes yet. You know, we're recording this weeks beyond when you're going to hear it. But um, it was like, like you were like, uh, yeah, I want to have you and Phil on to talk about the idea of fear. And so I was like, oh, ah, so this will be a horror thing. And it mm-hmm. rapidly, like <laughs> rapidly turned into something else where I'm just like confessing shit. I shouldn't be confessing, maybe, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, like it the formlessness of the conversation was <laughs> i i I found no 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 i'm not I'm not saying that as like a negative it's it was freeing it was liberating like that there yeah, wasn't man, this thank you there 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 wasn't a uh you know boundaries for us to work within, and I found myself saying shit on that show that I've only told to a, a few people, you know, which is fucking insane, but once you if you're on the line with people that that you are good friends with and you you Phil and I are all all very good friends um yeah it felt like I don't know it felt a little like therapy you know um I was, wanted it to have like it was a Barbara- I loved it.
3: I wanted to hit you with the Barbara Walters without making you want to call your publicist <laughs> after and be like, what the fuck cut that from air I just want i I appreciate that. I, appreciate I have that, good Scott. news for
2: you. If I had a publicist, they would have killed themselves <laughs> years ago.
3: <laughs> I, I just want to talk, you know, I'm not going to compare myself to Howard Stern, but the thing I love about Stern and people hate as longtime listeners now is that mm-hmm. it, they don't like how he's become. And I got to be honest with you guys. We were all like Stern in our 20s, early 30s, mm. whatever. And yeah, then you no get shit. older. Yeah, no phase, shit. Yeah. The yeah. edgelord phase. We were, all had yeah. edgelord moments. And then we get older and shit starts falling off a man. And then you start going, <laughs> I need to start having some conversations with myself. Like, who am I? I'm really excited right. about the person I've become and I'm becoming. And I, I think I was a wildcat and now I'm a wildcat in a different way. And that's just really basically what the show's about. I, I don't think there's enough people, women, black women like me having conversations the way I'm having them with the perspective I'm have I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. And I just want to talk about shit. I'm still going to be who I am. I still like what I like, but I also want to open up conversations that are a little bit deeper without making it be a sob fest. And that's what I'm trying to do, man. That's it.
2: Well, you, you have a, a quality about you that I think is, you know, invaluable in that you are disarming. And this is this is something that I, I always try to bring to any conversation that we have on this show. Yeah. Is that, yeah. You know, you're apt to say anything, and <laughs> and and that's where the fucking but but like, you know how this is. You you work in this fucking industry. You know, like most of your clients are getting sat down in front of people who are asking the same motherfucking fifteen questions over yep. and over and over and over again. So, you know, my philosophy has always been like, go in and say the shit that no one else is saying and just see what happens. And typically yeah. what happens is that person opens up to you because they're like, holy shit, here's a new person to talk to. Here's somebody who isn't like, you know, reciting a script that I've heard 15 other times today, you know, and yeah, that is that is something that is sorely missing. From um, the modern interview process, and, and and I respect it, and I think I think you are fantastic at it. So, oh man, um,
3: thank you. I, I, yes,
2: and thank I, you. I, I thank you for for having me and Phil on the show. But who else? Who else are you? Uh, who else are you fucking with over there? What's going on?
0: I just checked I my mean, inbox. You- I don't see an invite for me. Well, I mean, it's totally fine. I'm not. Right. I'm not I'm not sitting here sore or anything about it, but it's it's, you know, it's fine.
3: You we literally just launched the show. I have to give the people uh, I got to lead them, lead them to to the stream. Mm -hmm. I can't just give it all to them out the gate. And second of all,
2: and Phil and I were on the big hogs episode.
0: Oh, you were yeah. You were on the big hogs episode. You were on big. No, yeah, I, my, 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 my I, yeah. Got to save me for the tiny hogs. I, you know, it is it is my burden. It's fine.
3: No, I I'm I'm talking to a lot of my good friends about being on this show. June Diane Raphael said she's going to come on uh in March.
0: No, she's going uh, to
3: she's yeah. amazing. I I said Paul, you have to and he said I'm going to think about it. He 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 said I'm going to think about it. I said you don't want to <laughs> dig deep and he's like, "Have I not given the people everything?" Um uh, so uh, I, you know, I've got June Diane and Raphael coming in and then I'm still working I know that sounds like so cheesy. We're still working on bookings. Uh, we literally y'all just started. So there's a, gonna be a lot of people to come. And I haven't even hit my heavy hitters yet. I haven't even hit my I haven't even put pressure on Olivia yet. So I I, mm. I just trust me, we're we're it's I'm building. I'm building.
2: Olivia Wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shia,
3: Shaya, Shaya, Shaya. No, Mun. No. Oh, I love Olivia.
2: Uh, I love Olivia. She's Mun. the best. Yeah. She's
3: one of my best friends and she's so amazing. And I'm trying to convince her. And she'll do anything for me. And she's like, "How much?" She said, "How many minutes do you need?" And I said, "Oh, I'm gonna take all the minutes." So yeah, yeah.
2: will
1: you? I'm will working
3: you on Pass
2: it. along a message for me to her. Yes. Um, Baba Booey,
0: Baba Booey, Baba. Booey. When I was when I was like
2: two, when <laughs> no, but like when I very very first started out in this um, like in like writing online and shit and getting interviews with people and such, I ended up. You know, this is within my first like year of doing this uh, mm-hmm. somewhat professionally. I had no fucking clue what I was doing, but the opportunity came up to talk to Olivia Munn and um, I agreed to do it. And then on the day, um, we talked for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. And uh, she was like, all right, well, I, I, listen, I'm walking into a store. Um, can I call you back? And I was like, yeah, 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 no problem. And I figured, well, that's the end of the interview. And then she called me back like half an hour later. And we talked for like another hour or so. And she's the best. I told, her, I told her over the course of this conversation that, you know, around that time I had come from doing stand-up. And I had just started, you know, like writing online and shit. And uh, for about a year or two afterwards, I would hear from her every once in a while, just, just occasionally, you know, like once every eight months or something like that. And she'd be like, hey, just checking in. Like, I'm wondering, like, you know, how things are going with you. And, you know, uh, at that time, I was still talking about, like, maybe getting back into stand up. And she was wondering if, like, I had done that. It was like I was nobody at this point. Like, fucking no one knew who the fuck I was. I am I mean, I'm still nobody. But, like, I was even more nobody at that point. Right. And that I thought that was so fucking touching That she would do that. She absolutely did not have to do that. And uh, I I think the world of her for that.
3: She really is one of the kindest, smartest, funniest people. I mean, literally, we are on the phone for for an hour every day. And all we do is laugh so much that our phones get that staticky thing where we have to like pause (laughs) just to hear what the other person just said to repeat it. She's one of my best friends and I love her very much. So I'm not surprised that she would do that for you or, and do, and, and be uh, supportive of you because she's a cancer and cancers are very supportive of people who want to follow their dreams. They're very Uh loving. You're like, I'd lost you.
2: (laughs) You got into astrology and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. yeah." Uh Uh
3: Well, this was fun. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I love that story. I love that story. And I, don't think I told her yet, but I'm gonna remind her after we do this today. I'm yeah,
2: I've, I, 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 I've mentioned that a few times on social media. Like I've seen people like come after her before, and I'm like, y'all quit being dicks. Like this lady is yeah, like quit nice as shit, dicks.
3: nice been, as shit.
2: It's been a decade now since I've talked to her, but like, you know, I'm so uh, sure she'll remember you. Well, maybe you know she has a memory like a cat. King cast. Yeah,
3: yeah, let's get her on the KingCast. Let's figure. That. I'm gonna ask her what her favorite Stephen King story is, and she's gonna be like, huh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, maybe. But um no, who else are you who else are you working with? What other topics are you are are you doing over there?
3: I, I like I'm like we did
2: fear. I, like so what did, else? We
3: did fear. I did uh an episode called Fed Up with my friend Jiminicaya. Uh I did we did In and Out, What's In, What's Out, and Who Cares. Uh I did that with mm-hmm. Abby Gardner from We Have Notes podcast. Um I've literally recorded Four episodes, including the pilot, and then I did. I'm doing uh for patrons only. I'm doing a show with my husband, and that's his his he's he's graciously has agreed to uh, <laughs> <laughs> do a mini show with me. And it is it's been wonderful. I have to say it's wonderful. He's Wait, is it before. like just
2: an episode, yeah. or are you doing like a running thing? With-
3: oh, a running thing. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? You're laughing because you're I'm laughing, laughing. From the same way,
2: yeah, I'm laughing because you know I've heard you tell stories about your husband,
3: oh yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and, and uh I've talked to Becca, our mutual friend Becca, who is, oh, yeah. and I'm yep. thinking like I really want to hear this
3: <laughs> like, you. <laughs> Absolutely, want to hear, it. but no, no, no. I think what you want to hear, what, what the the version you're looking for, uh, it no longer exists. <laughs> we we have uh removed that hard disk from and replaced that heart and replaced that hard drive. <laughs> we have replaced All that right. hard
2: drive. <laughs> well, I'll tune in. You know the
3: the the droid you're looking for no longer
2: exists. I well, my guess is that you you know. Um, I don't know this man. I, I, no. I can't make any, I, I can't cast aspersions, <laughs> but I feel like if I were living in a house with you, you would be running that show. Yes. And so, <laughs> yes. yeah. So I'm curious. I'm very curious what it sounds like when you are in conversation with someone whose show you are running, like to that extent.
1: <laughs>
3: no, because uh, you know what? Well, when I listen to it, actually, when I listened back to it, because he's been listening to it. Uh, he's been, you know, kind of um, listening to what he's done because he was super nervous, right? Like he's never done anything like this before. It's not his thing. You know, he's very sure. analytical. This is not like his, his, his lane at all. But I, what I felt in the conversation we're having is that you will also hear a different version of me because I'm talking to my partner so right, it's right, right. much more it's much i'm much softer i'm much i come in nicer <laughs> um i'm i'm much I'm, it's it's less cursing um i'm 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 less I'm, threatening
2: to make someone sleep in a tent in the backyard
3: yes yes <laughs> <laughs> yes yes <laughs> and i've and and you have to understand that when we started recording this, we had just come off like a ten day uber romantic trip to Paris where everything was perfect from beginning to end, mm-hmm. so he was coming into it with like a big huge sense of warmth and love so i i i I brought him into an environment where he could feel comfy and not feel like if i don't do this i'm going to be stabbed in my sleep so and then you broke
0: his spirit live on air then I (laughs) i
3: couldn't do this my poor husband i couldn't i can't break his spirit i can't break his spirit so i had to say like we can have it's a general conversation about the first five years of our marriage and sort of the journey we use journey a lot as code uh and the journey we've been on up to this point. And I think it's really that part. I will say this, this, this part, this patron only, uh, uh, element is really just designed to have people understand that you can be in a marriage and you can ha- you can be an, as, as deeply in love as we both are with each other. And there can be challenges that you go through, but that if you deeply, if you're best friends with someone before you even start dating or hooking up or anything, and that is how you set your marriage up. I'm not trying to sell a book or an MLM here, by the way, guys, I'm not. Right. Do you have a better chance of getting through all the crazy shit we got through than somebody who's just like, hey, yeah, my old ball and chain. That's not where we're coming from. We right. genuinely like each other. Yeah. We get on each other's nerves. Yeah. We so, genuinely so like each other.
0: What you're saying is that this, this whole, all this is building up to um, you proving that you would dolen somebody if, uh, if they wronged your husband
3: of fucking
0: loot. okay okay yeah i, I get it Absolutely. now you had to put it in stephen king terms i'm I just like i don't know love and relationships and earnestness i don't understand oh yeah she's saying that she would dolan's cadillac somebody
3: she likes have, this person i enough.
0: have i'm gonna i i i feel having like, i'll fucking do it again i'll let do it me, again
2: I I knew this question was going to come up on this particular episode. Like what would it, what would it take for you to Dolan's Cadillac somebody or, you know, would you do this or some Hmm. variation on it? And I don't believe for a fucking minute that winter is capable of this.
3: No, you're okay. Okay. Go ahead. I want you to start. Go ahead. Your show, man, your show, man, go for it. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, I feel like your temper is fiery enough where you would not have the patience to learn how to use construction equipment to work for four to five months out in the 117 degree heat in order to learn that equipment. I think you would be like, no, fuck that. We need to get this done now. And I think you would like nuke a motherfucker before you would, you know, do this methodical plan that, that, that pans out over the course of many months. Hmm.
3: I mean, Scott, that's where you're wrong, and I'm going to mm. tell you, my friend, that is—that's where you're wrong. I right. have—I have grudges that uh-huh. I've been holding on to since <laughs> probably 1995, and it's not a lot of people. It's not a lot. I was 15 by the back then, by the way. So we're talking about like I'm 44 as of yesterday, so almost 30 year long grudges. I oh holy have- shit! Happy
2: belated birthday!
3: Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. Um, I have grudges and designs on people that don't even know that 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 the design and the grudges are out there. I actually, <laughs> I actually started. I, I I started one. I have a couple that I'm 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 marinating on right now. I have one person. <laughs> That I started with, you'll never guess who I started with to start creating this, to start the 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 rollout of said grudge and the execution of vengeance. I the first person, not nope. I'm not going to say who the person is. I'm going to say who the person I started with to begin this grudge to plant the seed that said grudge will be occurring. Scooter Braun. I started with him. at a birthday party, caught him off guard. He told a bunch of jokes. What? I was laughing. He hon in the back, slapping my knee and shit. And then I <laughs> literally did. I literally, <laughs> I literally, I literally tapped him on the shoulder said, I want to talk about something. Pulled him to the side and literally started planting the seed about a friend of his that I'm going to start raining hell on. And I, this man I want to let, you know, Scooter Brown's a billionaire. Uh mm-hmm. he actually has a ton of relationships, more than I have. He and 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 he's, you know, lives in a 60 million dollar house. The fear in this man's eyes as I was <laughs> laying out yes. what I was going to do if 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 things did not work in my favor. <laughs> at the end, <laughs> He was like, man, I just think you should do it. Just go ahead and do it. Look, I, 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 I this is where this is what I'm talking about. I, I, I plant the seed strategically, and then yes. I go about. You know, it, it doesn't. And then I don't think I go to sleep that night, and I don't think about it the next day. And then something else comes up in the plan, and then I just start pulling back the layers so I can plan the execution. So very well. That's this is what's annoying, and and I know we're going to get into it, about Dolan's Cadillac because I I I read the story and yes. you know the story is is nothing like the fucking shit you made me watch um <laughs> yeah, and that's true and and the act of vengeance by robinson is is yeah you know he's a desperate man with who desperately who has not stopped and and, and he's building a grave for somebody right like this uh-huh. is, if you're going to yeah. build someone's grave you better this is a surgical this is a surgical strike you better fucking strike uh-huh. right so I understand in a, in a novella format, yeah, the, the story is what the story is. It's not the, to me my favorite story by no means, but I get it's king and I get what we were going for here. And I like the idea of a slow burn of a grave digger, right? Yes. When you turn um, on this th- fucking movie.
2: At this <laughs> point, I would, I, if you don't mind, could you lay no, out I don't the, mind. the plot of Dolan's Cadillac? Um do you
3: want the movies version of events, or do you want the books, the novella's well, version of events?
2: Well, let's let's start with the novella, you know, which is a, a far more streamlined affair, um, which isn't you know padding out every scene to 15 minutes for no reason. Right. Um let's let's start there. Like, what is what is Dolan's Cadillac about?
3: Dolan's Cadillac is about a man who clearly was a, t- a teacher who's clearly in love with the, his wife who also was a teacher and loved her, you know, they were both just deeply in love. And we learned that she's been murdered and she was murdered by Dolan, who's like a pimp slash sex trafficker, perhaps. he's He's got mm-hmm. stuff, he's got things going on everywhere. And yes. basically the novella is... Uh, just showing his do- is a documentation of his plot to kill or sabotage Dolan's Cadillac mm-hmm. and, and and bury him in it.
2: Well, would you say that um, this story does not lend itself to a visual medium that it is mostly internal? And in fact, that the machinations of it are, were never intended to be played out on screen.
3: Absolutely not. Because there's not enough there's 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 just not enough detail, right? Like you're just hearing the voice in his head recounting all of this, and his plot. And there's parts of the novella that are slow and very detail oriented about what he does, what he learns, how he gets this job to infiltrate and know when construction is happening and when it's not. You know, the drives back and forth in his head between LA and Vegas. And, you know, it's all just sort of like a manifesto, if you will, like him reciting Mm -hmm. what he was going to do. And I was surprised. I'm glad I saw the movie first and then read the novella. I was surprised how little of the novella goes into all these other nefarious dramatizations Mm. that this liberties that this movie took uh mm-hmm. because he's he's really not getting into his his sole purpose and focus is i got to learn how to do x i got to get fit i got to learn how to move work on work in construction then use machinery and then dig this ditch and make sure i'm timed it perfectly so he that <laughs> motherfucker's cadillac his caddy falls into that shit
1: mm-hmm. you know what yeah. i mean mm-hmm. like
3: that's you know a fascinating concept i love that it's it it exists out in the world do i want to see a movie like that I could watch a short film about it, maybe. Hmm. Uh, But I don't know that I would want to spend 90 minutes watching literally cutscenes from a Bon Jovi uh, music video (laughs) stitched together and made into a movie.
0: I agree with you in everything that you just said about about the story. It works so much better on the page. It's definitely King wanting to play in that um, Poe you know area you know this is you know not a not thinly veiled cast of amontillado um uh take and and i i love these stories of vengeance and i do think that a movie could support a story of vengeance like this look at any of these wonderful you know two and a half hour long south korean vengeance tales that that work sure um but there's just something there's something about this that you're right it does play better as a as a more direct short story short and sweet thing. I don't know if a film version of Dolan's Cadillac would work. And I'm not just saying that because the one, the time they did attempt to do this, it really, uh, they really fucked it up and made it something that is trying to be super stylized and everybody that's acting in it's acting in a different movie. And, (laughs) Um, you know, and all this stuff, I'm not saying that just because they made a shitty version that it can't never work, but I think you're right. I think you're onto something. I think there is something about the story in particular that just doesn't translate to a feature film. Do you have a a feel on why that would be winter at all? Is there anything Uh, about you, why that wouldn't work?
3: Clearly. I'm not even going to blame. Okay. I don't want to blame Christian Slater or Wes Bentley for this Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it sounded cool because it sounds cool. Right. Like it sounds like the idea that I get to play this baddie Christian Slater. Right. And Mm -hmm. I get to lean into what I'm good at, which is being like slick, you know, uh, 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 really conniving and craven. And then you get Wes Bentley, who's like this mild mannered teacher, like, you know, handsome young man who's trying, you know, vengeance, seeking vengeance. He, 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 un veils of virgin he he learns a, a different about a different part of right. himself in the name of love right so so right. He, it's not those two the filmmakers need to be dragged mercilessly into a ditch
0: <laughs> through through a, yes. a, a, a mile of barbed wire uh, um, but i also yeah. think that west west bentley is just horribly miscast in this it's like you know what's interesting to me is show me paul giamatti doing this right you know show me you're like just kind of an average mm. guy doing this. Not not somebody who looks like they could part time as a fucking underwear model. You know what I mean? Well, like,
2: but he also looks like a fucking hungover corpse in this movie. The man <laughs> is like yeah. pale white the entire time. He looks like he's about to have a nervous break. He's
0: kind of checked he, out into Christian Slater's, you know, to his benefit. Like he's swinging. He's 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 approaching this role as Nicolas Cage might. You know, he's exactly. he's really bringing it. Um yeah, and trying really, to bring personality to it. There's not a single problem with Christian Slater's performance in
2: this. Like, right. you know, uh, his dialogue is awful. The it, The script is the problem here, in my opinion. It, you know, it's uh, overwrought. Like every single fucking line is is like jacked up to the level of 15. Um,
0: it sounds much better in Russian, Scott, I can tell you.
2: Oh, I bet it does. Um, but Slater's like Slater's doing what he was hired to do. Like I, right. I don't, I don't feel like this is a failure on his part. I I do feel like it's a failure on the part of the filmmakers who were apparently making a movie in 1997, and
3: apparently, apparently, yeah. And it's
2: a failure of the script, which is just monstrously bad. Yeah.
3: There's also like you know. By the time we get to once she's been murdered and then he's kind of going through, you know, his his breakdown at the Atlantis, um, we find that. He's starting to just figure out that the feds, they, they care a little bit, not a whole lot, and that he could be next, but I thought the movie at this point was like 45 to 50 minutes in. We're like at 25 <laughs> minutes. And I said, okay, hold on. You mean there's a whole more hour of this that I have oh, yes. to sit through? And that's the pacing, right? The pacing is so, it's excruciating. The the the, the, yeah. the lapse in the beginning where we kind of, because ju- they don't have the, di- they don't have, the the, the the novella doesn't have this whole setup about sex traffickers and-, yeah, and no. It does yeah. It doesn't need it. It doesn't have them teach showing examples of them teaching and the kind of teachers they are. They don't does have the whole plot with her trying to have a baby and running out and getting a pregnancy test. It doesn't have all of this. So all of that seems so sophomoric and like convenient that I, you know, I'm sitting here saying to myself, I, I, I know a lot about these people. I know a ton about them. In this 25 minute mm-hmm. mega montage, but I still don't <laughs> have any care or consideration for them. I don't I, I don't care. I'm sorry that your wife was murdered, I, but I don't care. So you it doesn't even allow you to draw out any emotion about them, given that these people, whoever <laughs> wrote it, Richard Dooling, uh, who's, a, who's, a, who's an author,
0: by yeah, the he's way, a novelist. Yeah. he's a
3: novelist. And by the way, on his Twitter bio does not have Dolan's Cadillac
2: yeah neither does this fucking wikipedia
3: right His work, it, it,
2: it's there's a section like works novels nonfiction yeah. as contributor <laughs> or editor there's nothing about screenwriting and yeah. Right. yeah so I think uh maybe richard is doing a little you know Maybe
0: a little editing on his own,
2: oh, on his own well, Wikipedia much,
0: page. Pretty much yeah. everything that, that he's written, though, for the bigger small screen uh, in this form has been Stephen King, though, right? Because wasn't he one of the main writers on Kingdom Hospital?
2: He was, but um, yeah. I don't get the impression looking at his Wikipedia page that he's most famous for being a screenwriter. I think he's right, mostly right, right. famous for being a novelist. And so it, it does mention that. But that's that's right. just that one thing you know it
0: makes me wonder if like king is a fan of his book because some of his books have been adapted in the movies critical care i think is the name of the his novel it was like a james spader movie in the in the 90s when, right. um, with make,
3: critical care denzel was in that so like yeah you he? would trust this yeah, guy yeah it was it. denzel and spader so you yeah you're gonna be like this guy wrote is a good
0: writer but- but King follows like, you know, uh, up and coming novelists really closely too. like as much as we kind of obsess over like uh, the newest voices in, in filmmaking or, you know, especially horror filmmaking or whatever. Like we always get excited about that. King gets that way with with uh, authors. So it makes me wonder if uh, if like he was a fan of this guy and was like, hey, you know, it's it's you should consider that because he must have brought him into Kingdom Hospital and, and Kingdom Hospital happened before this. Right.
2: Yeah, Kingdom so. Hospital would have been, well, in conjunction with Kingdom Hospital, he also wrote the journals of Eleanor Drews, 2004, okay. writing as Eleanor Drews, a character in the miniseries. Okay.
0: Um. Yeah, so, yeah, it makes me wonder if, if like, because King will have these periods of time where he'll be like, yeah, that's my guy, I like that guy, I like this guy's book, why don't you, you know... You know, I, I don't know how he makes the jump into Stephen King land and he obviously didn't stay there long. Thank God. But, um, but yeah, the script, the script is terrible and the, the direction is next level bad. And uh, I think Scott, you, you fi- figured out something about this director. Yes, please, you please, very let's excited get into this. To get into, so. yes, I would I'm like looking to at
3: his, a- his atrocious IMDB credits on my screen right <laughs> now. To, please get I into this.
2: A, I meant to give a warning at the top of this episode. If you are Jeff Beasley. Not to listen to this episode. It's not gonna go well for you, but um <laughs> I, I I was curious because like I looked up um Dolan's Cadillac on Wikipedia and mm-hmm. he uh he doesn't even have a hyperlink on his name. Mm. You know, which mm. as you well know, both of you, uh is Wikipedia's way of saying like you're fucking nobody. You're yeah. you might as well be a, a you know, a jar of dirt. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: go hang out so on the like, wiki tree. They want you to go hang out on wiki tree is what they want. Yeah. You and I it. was
2: like, well, um, so maybe this is this guy's only feature, but no, it is not. I'm going to walk you through, um, some of his, uh, other recent features. Wait, what the fuck? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Well, five yeah. of which he made in the last year. Um, Wow. I'm not going to go through the the whole list. You know, we don't have all day. But uh, here, let me throw some titles at you. Uh, Miracle in Bethlehem. The Santa <laughs> Summit. Never been Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Never been Chris.
0: <laughs> I got a snort out of winter already. We got it.
2: Made for each other. The Hammer. A Christmas Cookie Catastrophe. Pumpkin Everything. Just one kiss, a kiss before Christmas. Love strikes twice to catch a spy. Snow kissed. Project Christmas Witch. He's just listen, mm-hmm. Jeff. Um, Jeff, I've already and told And by you the way, out, working
3: like, working through the pandemic. By the way, consistently. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: The the first five of those were all in the same fucking year. I don't know how that's even possible. But um, this is a man who as far as I can tell, largely makes like Hallmark Christmas movies. Okay. Yes. You know, some of which involve a guy named Chris. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. And, or or kisses. You Yes. Know?
3: Or cookies or pumpkins. So recipe. Recipe Pumpkin based.
2: everything is just like infuriating. Infuriating. A title for a thing.
3: Infi- pumpkin- what does that mean? What does that even fucking mean? Yeah, pumpkin everything.
2: Mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That, sound, that sounds Club. like a fake poster in like the background of of some rom com. Yeah, let me tell the you. Christmas
3: wait, wait,
2: wait. Cl- hold on. A- a- let me throw a- you okay, three go, go, more okay, at go, go, go. you. The okay. Christmas Club, Radio Christmas, No Time Like Christmas, Finding My Daughter, Little Mosque on the Prairie.
0: <laughs> Little Mosque on the Prairie is unbelievable. Uh, uh, that no, that wait, is no. not. That's a Ben Stiller fucking fake trailer. That is not yeah, a. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> a, come on now. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, good for him. The dude has has his career. He found his niche. You know, obviously, he. Yes, I, I don't think he's cut out for being an auteur. So if if he is just the guy that's hired to make sure that shots happen and are put together in some sort of coherent order, maybe then mm-hmm. you know, good for him. But uh, but man, is that uh, kind of a depressing list of movies. You
2: just well, there's there's something we should mention here, which yeah. is uh, this is a Canadian production, mm. right? And it doesn't as look we Canadian. Learned, I would, I would disagree. It, it it seems like a movie. It seems like if you showed a Canadian, um, a mid '90s Michael Bay movie,
1: yeah. and then yep.
2: they had to do those like you know the the camera movements and the the smearing transitions and all this shit. It's it's so like it looks like it was made ten years prior to when it was actually yes. made. And yes. something we have talked about on the show before is that um, our Canadian friends, uh, our Canadian friend filmmakers, which I know I'm not sure we have, but um, uh, <laughs> their movies are are largely like, like the predominant flavor of them is like if you had a Manila envelope stuffed in your mouth, right? You know, right. it's just bland as fuck. Like we we saw this with trucks. You know, yep. the, uh, it's like the whole movie is beige and, uh, this feels like some Canadians got together and we're like, no, we're going to do it up right this time, you know? So there's <laughs> no, going to be a lot it- of neon in it for no reason. And we're going to use like these filters and saturation in order to make it look like, uh, you know, flashy. And it just does not fucking work at all.
3: I- I'll agree. But Yes. It literally feels like every scene is shot like if they don't pick up all the equipment and leave immediately cuz they don't have like a certificate <laughs> to to film there they right. will be the production will be shut down. Right. And those type of movies make me anxious, but that's why I don't like Hallmark movies. <laughs> because Hallmark <laughs> movies <laughs> really and ins- want you to suspend disbelief on every single fucking level you're going to tell me pumpkin everything amy a novelist returns to her hometown to look after her stubborn grandfather tom and his pumpkin themed store while staying there she crosses paths with a man from her past that's enough for 90 minutes of shit i don't think so <laughs> that's a fucking tiktok we need to stop <laughs> movies like these Indefinitely. By the way, something I learned because I got into an argument and read it about it. Somebody was (laughs) telling we were trying to figure out why that one girl from Mean Girls is in every single Hallmark movie. And she's in like 40 a year. And somebody broke down. What what, what girl? No, what's her name? The one that was on party. Sorry, girl. Sorry to that girl. uh uh, wiki mean girls this is me being over 40 and lacey chabert we were trying to figure out yes
2: i've lost in space fame yes i'm Mm -hmm. familiar
1: yes
3: so she makes like 20 of these a year and i'm like well how the hell do you make basically basically 20 hallmark movies all together Mm back-to-back writing and production and distribution. And those are
0: just the ones that uh, Melissa Joan Hart can't do. So, exactly. yeah. And also keep in mind
2: that like soap operas film fucking every day. They, they gotta do. drop a new show Monday through Friday. So I that...
3: know, but the math is twenty Hallmark movies equal one Oppenheimer. <laughs> That's the math. <laughs> so so you can put tw- so do a little bit of division, <laughs> long division. You, you put you put twenty. 20- 20 Hallmark movies and you get one Oppenheimer. So essentially you're, you're, you're saying, wow, man, you're working a lot. This man's working six weeks. Okay. And then he's done. So he's probably made about 15 grand. What's 15 times six. What is that? 300 grand. He's doing great for making shit. No, 90. Really? Wow. See, my math is off. So 15 times six is 90. That's about. I'm telling you that's about what he makes because he's working two weeks. That's what I was told from some random Redditor that it is a two-week production from start from until wrap.
0: Well, he's shooting so, for two are weeks. Are you surprised he by that time and, and post-time too? So. Yeah. I'm, no, but I'm, like, like the, obviously, that's what they do.
2: I'm Have you surprised. ever seen this shit? My ex-wife used to watch these movies, like compulsively. And it was no. like all of them were interchangeable. All of them looked like they were filmed in the same house. It was just like, it was crazy.
3: Yeah. I really reserve my Lifetime movie watch. I I stick with the Lifetime because when I was a kid, I was always excited for the fact that something crazy would happen January 15th. And by February 15th, or March first, they already had a TV movie ready to go on NBC. So, like the 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 the, the shit that happened with Tanya and Nancy on um, the ice skaters, mm-hmm. within right. like a month, within three weeks, there was a book. Within a month and a half, there was a TV movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I don't care if they have the facts straight or not. I don't even care if it's a symphony of word vomit. I just want to see. I need to see it. Right, and this is the problem with a guy like that, Jeff Beasley. I don't care. I don't have. I don't don't need you on my podcast. Uh, (laughs) I I, why why you get to go and take good material and make a movie like this when your future was always gonna be Hallmark pumpkin everything. Well, my
2: guess is that. Well, my guess is that like you know he was you know uh, just the tip on the the Hallmark front and then was yeah. like, well, maybe I could branch out and here's this script that um I can imagine a certain kind of person reading the script for this movie, just based on the lines that are delivered and being like, Oh, this is substantial. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cast any aspersions on the intelligence of that person, but I'm, I'm just saying like, it's so overwrought and flowery and like tortured in the, like every fucking line of the movie. I can imagine a certain type of person being like, Oh, so someone took King story and it's turned into the, uh, uh, a fucking symphony here. And, and I, and I got to helm that, bad boy, you know? And I think that's, I, I think that's kind of what happened here. I think he like tried to break out of, <sighs> whatever His else destiny. he was doing. yes, His destiny. And, and now he has, you know, uh, a, a, a Wikipedia page for this movie that tells you right up front, this is a Canadian production. And yeah. there you go. Hmm.
3: I think that he... I think that a movie like this is going to be difficult no matter what because it requires the writer to expand right you're not getting a lot unless steven himself did it somebody else was gonna have machinations of how they would execute this right but the reason why this movie is so irritating beyond all things else is that you're leading up to this moment and the moment was not satisfying right Right. like this there was no satisfaction In the process. It's just things
0: that happen, right?
3: Yeah. It's just things that happen, right? Like yeah. it's just things that happen, and that's the way the the novella is. It's 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 not really like you know we already know what's going to happen. He's going to be successful, and he's going to make this happen because that's a, a Stephen King. Like we we will have some satisfaction at the end of this novella. That's the way it starts. That's the way it kind of meanders into that. We know uh-huh. that. So I'm looking for this lead up in a film and i'm like yeah this uh huh it's like when i was watching De- uh uh dead reckoning and i love a mission impossible movie i love a mission mm-hmm. impossible movie yeah. but there was a 20 minute car chase in the yeah, most I'm recent not- one and i was like you know i'm i'm looking at my watch i'm like i'm kind of tired of this because mm-hmm. i can't already know what's coming and that's the problem with the movie the movie is so boring up top mm that I just want him to get, just get on with it. What are you going to do? Just, just get, just get, just get to the the dumping of, of the, of the caddy in in the, in the hole. And let's
0: wrap this up. Yeah. It takes way too too long to get there, but yeah, I I agree
2: with you that it's very boring. I think the problem is that they have, you know, something we've talked about on the show before is that one of the smart ways to adapt King is to take a short story and expand it into a feature. Right. And then the writers, presumably writers who are are talented in some way, um, can flesh this out and and make it, you know, fill a feature. I don't think that there's a way to do this particular story and make it, you know, feature length and also compelling. Right. Um,
0: A lot of that's going to be in your casting, too, I think. Maybe. Maybe well imagine um, david harbour in this role you know what i mean imagine somebody would be if you excellent get that, like david harbour you get somebody who can you actually can can buy that would have that determination and but i think to what, what you're driving at is you also have to give a shit about about the the marriage you have to give a shit about the person that was lost like look at what pixar is able to do in five minutes and and up Right. Like you understand uh-huh. that relationship and you you understand, you know, why that guy's heart is hurting, you know, throughout that movie. Like right. you. you, you and, But I think most of that, like a lot, you're right, most of it, a big chunk of it's got to be on the page. But a lot of that's in the uh, charisma of the actors, like if they if they just match and you like them together and, you know, right away, you go watch the like the thin man movies but, or whatever. The and the characters
2: are rarely together.
0: In yeah, this. in one scene, you know, like these people are great together and they're perfect together, and and then if that is taken away, suddenly the audience is invested because they feel like something was taken away from them as well. You don't get that feeling at all in this movie.
3: You want I- the director of Never Been Chris. <laughs> to give you
0: to give that you nuance.
3: that nuance and draw that from talent
1: who've yes. been in the business
3: had... long enough. Some some both of them have been in either Oscar adjacent or nominated films. Some mm-hmm. and you're you're expecting Jeff Beasley to do that. That's be yes. yes,
2: I just I just I, I don't think this is funny because I had a, a great name who got Chris. And she
1: <laughs>
2: never walked right after that. And, uh, you know, so not funny. <laughs> but but I th- I think that, like, what led <laughs> us to here is that someone read the short story and was like, all right. So it's a, a, a cask of Montiato riff. Mm-hmm. And this scene with the guy, like, shoveling dirt down on top of this fucking Cadillac that's, like, you know, fallen into the earth basically like into a highway like that's dynamic i can understand how that sequence works and so i think someone looked at this and said well we'll just we'll figure it out from there and we'll build up to that and then that'll be the thing but then even even then like once (laughs) once slater is in the car like a cadillac Escalade, which by the way um my uh my friend pointed out as we were watching this today has the cadillac fucking symbol removed from the car, from the grill of the car. The
0: movie's called Dolan's Cadillac. Yeah, it's called Cadillac. Dolan's Cadillac, but like you know,
2: they couldn't get that product uh, placement.
0: I would
3: have loved uh, what that call was like. Yeah, go for it. You, yeah, you can't use it.
0: Dolan Chevy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're gonna have to t- change the title. Dolan's Gremlin. Dolan's
1: yeah, Gremlin. And,
2: uh, and then, um, Dolan's but that, Fiesta. That, that's, that whole sequence goes on for entirely too long. Right. It's like. 25 fucking minutes or something where it's just like Christian Slater like ripping open his shirt and like screaming and you just get tired of it You're this a is tired. a short this is um, if whoever ran uh, the Nightmares and Dreamscapes uh, series on TNT yeah. knew what they were doing which they absolutely didn't as we learned over the course of doing the show <laughs> this is like a 40, 45 minute thing
3: At best. At At best. best. Yeah.
0: It's a perfect Tales from the Crypt episode length. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. A crime show
3: episode. A monsters episode. Yeah. A Tales from the Dark Side episode. It didn't even need $10 million. I don't believe for a fucking second, (laughs) unless this is some type of goddamn scam, that that movie cost $10 million. Yeah. I
2: I hardly want to say this out loud, but I would rather watch Dreamcatcher again (laughs) than Dolan's Cadillac like it scott. is just there are like three things that happen in this movie and it's 90 minutes long
0: right. yeah we recent this has been my like like people ask like what's the worst stephen king movie and why is it i don't know maximum overdrive i'm like you're out of your fucking mind you have out watch, of your yeah, fucking no mind. watch dolan's yeah. cadillac was it trucks that you said might be worse than this do you still hold that opinion scott
2: um very good question eric thank you for asking it um mm-hmm. i i feel i feel like Trucks is the worst movie. Um I don't at know, least man. this is more
3: trucks has Timothy are, bus like, like
2: I hate the aesthetic of this movie. Yeah. You know, top to bottom. But uh at least it's more visually dynamic right. than Trucks. And
0: trucks doesn't have a Christian Slater, like at least trying is all yes. I mean, kind uh, of standing out. I, I get that, but god damn, man, the rest of the movie it's a beating. <sighs> it's a beating. It's a full beating. On beating it's an assault.
3: Movie. It's an assault, and yeah. it's not fair. Fa- frankly, it's not fair. Would I have watched that movie if it, I have? I was not. I, would I have stumbled upon it? Well, clearly not, because I I don't just give YouTube my money willy nilly. But yes. I tried. I watched the trailer, and the trailer was cut enough to suggest you might be in for something, in for a treat. Mm. And again, I bet you this was all that has it, it, it. Now that I saw, I've seen the trailer. This stinks high heavens of Jeff Beasley. Jeff sounds Beasley. Like got,
2: <laughs> sounds like you got tricked twice.
3: I got tricked twice. I got tricked <laughs>
2: twice.
1: You know, and I,
3: another thing that I find very uh, annoying is that we're supposed to believe they never left an extended stay hotel. They never left a, an extended stay hotel. <laughs> right. For as long as what was it weeks, months, supposedly, that they were in there?
2: Yeah, a couple of months, so
3: yeah, so her car was just sitting there, primed and ready to detonate. You mean for two months, these fools sat in a wherever the hell they're supposed to be, and never actually took. I don't believe that that is a plot hole to end all plot <laughs> holes. I am sorry. it's it's just it's just a piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. And I feel bad. You know, I feel bad because this is in bail, uh, Bale, not bail. This is in Slater. Well, you love,
2: you love, never been Chris, and you don't. I want love to- never been
3: Chris. I don't want to yes. hurt the man's feelings, but for Slater, this is an era where he didn't love everything he did, and right. so who knows why this was like a, 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 a. I guess I don't believe that it was a resounding. Well, if he didn't like everything he did, it
2: was probably for a fucking paycheck. You know, right. he's the lead. Yeah, you know, right. it's not and- Wes Bentley you know he's he's i mean he's ostensibly the lead but you know no one's showing up to any movie or renting a movie or doing anything with a movie because wes bentley is involved you know it's not at all you know but christian slater like i don't know i i fucking you know i haven't seen most of what he's done recently i i didn't see mr robot or any of that shit um but I feel like, like I have a soft spot for him, having yeah. grown up in the '80s, and Absolutely. so, and I, and, and so, yeah. So, are we, are we wrong on his performance? Like, are we grading, like, are we grading on a gradient on a curve, basically? Mm, yeah, maybe. yeah.
3: We're grading on a curve because his career. Hold, sorry, Vespi, go on.
0: No, no, please, but, please do. Oh, uh, no, guest. I was just
3: going to say. And no, I think no, no, we're no, about was,
0: to say the same fucking thing, so you can probably play it way better.
3: No, no, no. I was going to say, no, I was probably going to go a different direction. I was going to say oh. that Christian, it doesn't get his due as an mm. actor. he mm-hmm. has an actor who's evolved and aged into his iconography. But I'm looking Agreed. at Liz Bentley's IMDb, and he's got several American Horror stories, seasons on, under right. his belt. He's got a Blade Runner series. He was on Yellowstone. There's a place for a West Bentley, you know right. that 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 Hollywood seems to want to give to him. But Christian is always dealt with shoddily, in my opinion. Where no. he does great work. And then nobody wants to back up the truck or give him something to follow up when the other thing ends, and he has to fall into this well of like it's going to get financed through Serbia if we add you on the name. So you can you get mm-hmm. us help us land this right. five mm-hmm. million type of deal? Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, it feels
2: it's, it's always felt to me like Christian Slater was always the like when I was a kid, it was like this is the heir apparent to Jack Nicholson, like right. he looks like Nicholson.
3: one hundred percent. 100%. He's got
2: the he's got the fucking uh, attitude. He's got the the cadence. He's got the eyebrows, like that angular face. Like mm-hmm. it seemed to me that, like I'm shocked that Christian Slater isn't a bigger deal in 2024. Like how yeah. is this motherfucker not done? And I know he did True Romance, but Tony. Scott did Truman, True Romance, not Tarantino, and re—you know—there's a whole overhaul of that script. But like, how the fuck is uh, Christian Slater not appeared in a Tarantino movie? Like, right. that's the kind of shit he's he he ought to be doing. Like, I I love that fucking guy.
0: Yeah, me love too. Yeah, yeah, me too. He, he he always draws the eye. There, he's always a bright spot in the room. I think there's a reason why. You know they needed him in, in a movie like this, and why you know they, uh, I, c- I can almost guarantee you, paid him handsomely for it. And it's sure. uh, uh, and, well, they had a 10 million dollar, yeah. And I would hope he got at least half of that. That would that would Me be too. my hope because because the, the car was like maybe
2: 500,000, yeah. right? <laughs> well, 400 after they removed
0: the right, yeah, they. Logo. they, 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 they pried it off and sold the sold it on eBay to make yeah. a little bit of money back yeah no but yeah Christian Slater he's he's got the charisma he just it feels like past the 90s he just never landed like the role for him right that that made the transition for him in the way that like really st- stuck mm-hmm. with people like he he was in you know if Downey had never never got iron man maybe Downey would have been in a similar spot and we would have said fucking hmm. kiss kiss bang bang is great like why you know why isn't he being used more you know i don't know like I, he just i don't know the fates just didn't give him that that hand i think but I, i'd be I'd be very curious to hear from him, like what his thoughts of uh, Dolan's Cadillac is like, does he, is he proud of his performance? Was he like, nah, just, I'm happy to let that one disappear in obscurity. And I'm going to go, you'd be now known for, you know, my TV work or whatever. It's like, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really curious. Like what, what his thoughts would be on this.
3: I want to hear what his thoughts would be on this. And I can probably, I don't think he'd talk about it you know
0: i mean surely you've
2: seen the fucking movie like (laughs) uh, like regardless of his performance you know the i this feel this reeks of a paycheck job to me which i have no i have no problem allowing allowing quote unquote like i'm yeah some sort of president (laughs) of you know who should be doing what but like yeah he fucking you know like we all gotta make a fucking living man yeah you know uh but it feels to me like if i got this script i'd be like what and yeah. you know maybe the name stephen king being attached to it would like uh, allow me to overlook some things but even then as we've already said he, he doesn't turn in a bad performance yeah it's, no. it's the script that lets him down it's the it's the um direction big
0: time yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be if I was him. I wouldn't be embarrassed about this for for my part of it cuz you f- take a paycheck gig it's fine like nobody's going to gonna uh i don't know judge you on that especially when you show up for it it's like the the times that i get judgy on people that take these paycheck things is when they just come in and and like phone in a performance or whatever Uh but but you have these people like christopher walken who if you can come up with 75 grand he would shoot for a day on whatever the fuck you wanted yeah you know like that's what he would do but you know what every time he showed up he was fucking on fire you know it's Mm -hmm. like. Like, I don't have any problem with any actor, you know, making a living or, you you know, or if you're, you know, like Nicolas Cage, you get IRS troubles or Wesley Snipes, you get in these, you know, government troubles, you know, (laughs) and and have to do a bunch of like direct to video trash. But guess what? uh, You know, almost every time that they showed up, they came to play and they were bringing their charisma to to the table. They didn't make it feel like these terrible movies were beneath them. And so they actually added something to them, if you know what I mean. Sure, 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 sure. So there are people that, that do that. You know, I mean, we now under, have a deeper understanding why Bruce Willis was doing this, you know, recently. But, you know, that's what was disappointing about a lot of his his stuff back then. Like now we again, we have a deeper understanding why and it's hard to to fault him for it. But it didn't feel like he wanted to be there. right? He wasn't really mm-hmm. showing up for it in, in terms of like bringing his full force of his personality and and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I if I was Christian Slater, I wouldn't. I might be embarrassed that the movie turned out bad, but it's like, you know, I don't think anybody is sitting here judging him going like, what a piece of right. shit. This is his fault. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he,
2: probably paid, he probably fucking paid his mortgage for a year. Yeah, exactly. You know, fucking and, get it, son. Right.
3: And the other thing too, is that look at his contemporaries. That's, that's what I think. I think hmm. the if you look at the people that Slater came up with, and if you look at how his career, he, I mean, He wouldn't even be able to deny this. He was hot. I mean, hot, 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 hot. And I'm not just talking about aesthetically, uh, (laughs) which he was as well. I mean, he was, as an 80s baby, like Christian Slater was everything. He's iconic in that sense, especially Mm -hmm. to young girls and whatever boys love him too. But we idolized him. Still do. You know what I mean? And so, like, if you look at, like...
0: The
3: people he, was an he came hero. up with, yeah, yeah, an alt hero, and there were people, yeah, there were Heather's
0: and that... True Romance, yeah, yeah. yeah he's and in there... True
2: Romance. He could fucking butt fuck my parents on the hood of my car while pouring <laughs> sugar in my gas tank, and I'd be like, "Yeah, but Clarence yeah. Worley,
3: you yeah. know, like exactly. fucking, I'm
2: I'm sold, man. Like he, right. but J D.
3: It's J D. Guys, yes. Like there's there's something, and we never talk about it, but there's something about eighties heartthrobs. Who they get to this point? And they're all about fifties, early sixties now at this point, and you mm-hmm. know we mm-hmm. we don't have Luke Perry anymore. Andrew McCarthy is not a. People now are debating if he was ever even a good actor. You know, Michael J. Fox mm. is is Mannequin dealing 3 is with his journey.
0: Materializing.
3: Is not materializing. Mm
0: -hmm. no mannequin three
3: no mannequin three so you know but then you've got the Roblos who'll do anything i'll do anything i'll do anything i'll do i'll do i'll do commercials i'll be on a game show i'll be on some random he'll even make some
0: videos he would come to regret
3: exactly but christian (laughs) still wants to make give quality performances right? right like he still wants to be seen in that world and if, you, if it gives him a, a chance to, you know, Hulk out and be like this, I think he should be happy with the performance. If right. it's something where it's completely like a movie 44, was that what that was, that really terrible movie? If it's something oh, like the, that, I mean. The movie the 43. Really bad, the movie for, exactly. Don't even know. Fucking but garbage fire. Garbage fire. But then you look at like later on after this, You know, Christian kind of gets, he gets a Lars von Trier movie. He gets Mr. Robot. Like people still see him and will definitely work towards giving him, he's coming out another one. He's coming out in Pussy Island, which is directed by Zoe Kravitz. And Mm. uh, uh, no, it's going to be great. Like, it's going to be great. He's going to be great in it. So there's like opportunities here, but, you know, I don't think that people who have to, who find themselves in a valley like that like like the Wesleys, like the Nick Cage's like the Christians mm-hmm. you know i think we have to let them have the performance that they have and it, right. because they're usually doing their best with the material that's and i think yes, everything absolutely. else is wrong with this movie
0: and absolutely. it's not and
3: he's not the problem
0: yeah if the others matched his his tone and leveled a commitment i'm not saying it would be good but it would be interesting you know right. what i mean it's like right it, it, but it, like i mentioned at the beginning of this chat it's like this this everybody's in a different movie here like every single person is playing a different kind of character and, and unfortunately christian slater is the only one that's an interesting one so i don't i don't uh, I, I disagree
2: i don't think you could you could st- stalk this motherfucker with the best actors of their generation. Mm -hmm. I think the script fails them every fucking time. There's no way to shoot this particular script and not make it clownish. Like it's, it's awful. It's awful. When you
0: get those level of great actors, they, what happens is they start feeding off each other and then the script changes that that's what you hear like then if you have a director that's paying it all attention then yes then they every the scenes would be different they would be playing differently together there might be more of a standout confrontation maybe the back half of the movie plays much differently if there's a more interesting guy who you're you know rooting for you mm-hmm. know versus christian slater i mean i'm not saying it would be a masterpiece but i'm just saying that that you could take this exact terrible script and cast better people and if the director was smart enough would notice what was working on the day and focus more on that and trust more in <sighs> that, so Maybe, i'm not saying I think I, I
2: think I i think i disagree i think the script is so fucking there's so many clangers in this like my buddy and i were watching this earlier today and it's like every other fucking line is like what the fuck are you talking mm-hmm.
1: about mm-hmm.
2: and that's you know we haven't even really touched on the insane like overt racism that like mm-hmm. Christian Slater has toward uh Asian people mm-hmm. while he's trafficking I think white people and you know Mexicans <laughs> right. you yeah. know but they're the gang Everybody. that's running it it's like yeah it, it's like it's like that's well, not
3: in the novella that's not no. in Richard Dueling.
2: <laughs> that's not, not even at, even all. Into, not at, at all. all
3: I didn't see one slur Richard Dueling <laughs> Where are you
2: going? Oh my god! I I I I texted y'all earlier, and I was like, I think this movie is made up new slurs for Asian people. (laughs) Like it's it's fucking wild. Um, I don't I don't fault Christian Slater for you know uh, reciting the dialogue. You know you're there to do a job. That's the script, but uh, the script is fucking trash, and I don't think that if you put De Niro and Meryl Streep and fucking, like, name whoever you want. I don't think this script works. I think it's just a disaster from top to bottom. And also, I think this is one that, like, should never have been a feature. Should have been, like, at best, a 40-minute adaptation. And, um, that's it. You know? Uh, I fucking hate this movie. I hate (laughs) it. I hate it so much. I'm never watching this again. Um, And in fact, let's wrap this up. I don't. I I don't want to. You're done talking about it. Yeah, I'm fucking. Yeah, I'm done. So
3: you're not going to read Richard Dueling's "White Man's Grave."
2: I am cordially inviting Richard (laughs) Dueling to suck my dick
0: from the back. We'll we'll do it a, a Discord live reading of, of White Man's Grave just.
3: I'd love to narrate it. Please let me be on to read key parts from White Man's Grave. I would love to.
0: Okay. We'll we'll
2: cast you as Clark or uh, Steve or that Bruce fantastic. or fantastic. Yeah, yeah, The whitest <laughs> possible character.
3: Exactly. In this movie. Um let's
2: uh let's let's stop this. Folks. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're
0: done. Yeah. you know, let's yeah.
2: let's like rid ourselves of, okay. of the memory
0: of this. I'm all in, baby. So if uh, if uh, Winter, if you would like to remind people about your your new show and where they can find it, yes. and where it's they can it. find you on social media, should oh, you want yes. to share that information, no, please Absolutely. do.
3: Absolutely. The podcast is at you can go to tangentisland.com and there's our Patreon, and then it's also available uh, if you're not a patron. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts and you can follow me if you're still on Twitter, which it seems like not many, uh, we we still are there. I mean, we're hanging on for dear life, but I'm at winter. Barely. Mitchell, barely. And then yep. I'm on Instagram where I'm, I'm much, I, I think I'm, I'm starting to get my groove back. I'm at winter W Y N T E R on Instagram.
2: A pleasure as always. Oh, Winter,
3: m- my pleasure. It is. It is my pleasure. Thank you for this. I, I needed this today. Thank you.
2: Congratulations on the new show! Um, Thank you, man. And uh, we're well. I'm not really sorry. I I, I not <laughs> but you know, you know, uh, this is this is. I'm I'm prepared to say this is the only Dolan's Cadillac episode we're ever gonna do. I'm not doing. And this And I again. feel
3: honored. Do you know, you don't understand how this seals me in the King cast iconography. I'm <laughs> very, very, very happy and pleased. Trust me.
0: Well you thank you. Yeah. You you better hope that the audio turned out well because the last time the audio gods uh killed the episode. So oh no no, no, will, no, no. We'll, already, we'll listen
3: back. I've I've sprinkled some awesome on this. This is gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be great.
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to be on the receiving end of uh, of Winter's uh, uh, hate list that she's built up. And, and in 30 years, we'll, she'll don't. spring the trap on me. So yeah. You don't. I will make sure the audio is good on this. Very I will good. Point. Okay, good. good so. Okay, good. All right, Thanks so much. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's
3: <laughs> okay, All right.
0: with this. <laughs> Many thanks to Winter Mitchell for joining us. And Dolan's Cadillac, You Can Rot in Hell, you know what you did. I mean, the movie, obviously. The story is fine. We're happy with the story, so you know, put the bat down, Steve. <laughs> We're not coming for you. We're just coming for that terrible movie that I've now had to watch uh, one full time in English in and about a quarter in uh, in its not native but somehow better sounding Russian. But I will say, if we had to suffer through a discussion of that movie again, I'm glad we had someone as fun as Winter Mitchell there to join us. You can hear Winter yelling at us, by the way. Uh, even more, if you go listen to the latest episode of Screen Drafts, where Scott and I are joined by Winter and uh, another kink regular, actually, Mr. Lewis Pitesman, as we pick the definitive top 13 Stephen King adaptations The results, well, they may surprise you, or they may not. I guess it depends uh, how closely your tastes align with uh, the the mad men and mad woman that they... uh at picking these for us. Uh, but I will say, yell at Wampler, not at me, because all my choices were perfect. Speaking of screen drafts, we'll be welcoming Clay Keller and Ryan Marker onto our show next week in a bit of quid pro quo, although we won't be keeping them nearly as long as they kept us. Although uh, I think Scott might get a little bit of demented pleasure in uh, holding them as long as uh, he possibly can. So what they're going to be do is they're going to be ranking stuff for us next week instead of their usual format, which is having other people come on their show and ranking for them. The discussion will be all about Stephen King cameos, and they're going to pick their top five cameos by King. This is going to be a rowdy one. I can already uh, feel it in the air. Uh, And then this Friday on our Patreon, we have a brand new bonus episode going up. This one focusing on the great short story Battleground and the very good Brian Henson adaptation from the very terrible Nightmares and Dreamscapes TV series. It was the The Diamond in the Rough from that. Uh, If you don't remember, that's the one where Little Green Army Men come to life and attack a hitman in a New York City high-rise apartment. It's rad. It's rad as hell. Uh, Our guest for this is Brandon Streisning, a writer, blogger, and big-time action aficionado whose work you'll know from Vulture, Fangoria, Polygon the playlist, and tons of other places. So make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash the KingCast and sign up. If you throw us a few bucks, you'll be richly rewarded with a bonus episode every Friday that could come in the form of, say, diving into a specific title, like this Friday's chat about Battleground, or it could be diving into weirder King niches. It could be colorful feature-length commentaries with us and special guests. It could be interviews, and it could also be our continuing actual play RPG spin-off show called Shelbyville, which is deep in its second season as we speak the point is that we make it worth your while to support us over at patreon so go on over there and sign up and yeah i think that'll about do it see you folks next week in the main feed with the screen drafts guys ranking the best king cameos and this friday on our patreon as we dive into battleground bye